Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. We want to start, and we're going to read this uh, portion here, and we're going to start in verse 22. So just be patient with us and read along if you can. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the land, the countryside of Judea, where he remained with them and baptized. But John also was baptizing uh, at Anon uh, near Salim, and there was an abundance of water there. And we won't get into why. Uh, it says, and people kept coming to be baptized. So it's saying they're both baptizing. Both Jesus and John are baptizing, and there's an abundance of water. So meaning there's no complaint. You know, water is, uh, of course, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the word, but the water is also a type of the Holy Spirit. There was an abundance of the Spirit. That was the key. It wasn't about who was doing the baptizing. It's about the abundance of the Spirit. For John had not yet been thrown into prison. Therefore, there arose a controversy between some of John's disciples and a Jew in regard to purification. So they came to John and reported him, Rabbi, the man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan at the Jordan crossing and whom you yourself have borne testimony, notice here he is baptizing too and everybody is flocking to him. It's an exclamation mark in the Amplified. John answered, a man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing. He can take nothing unto himself, nothing except as it has been granted to him from heaven. A man must be content to receive the gift which is given him from heaven. There is no other source. What have we been talking about on Sundays? God is our source. So we're going to go at this a little bit differently tonight. Verse 28, you yourselves are my witness. You personally bear me out that I stated, I am not the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, but I have only been sent before him in advance of him to be his appointed forerunner, his messenger, his announcer. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the groomsman who stands by and listen to him rejoices greatly and heartily on account of the bridegroom's voice. This then is my pleasure and joy, and it is now complete. So he's saying the groomsmen who stand as the man is getting married, they're excited at the, the giving of his vows, at the union that's taking place. It's not about the, uh, the groomsmen. It's about the groom and the bride. And he recognized he had revelation like nobody else had revelation up until this point, John had revelation that now the bride is coming to meet the groom. Now the full plan is coming to pass. Everything that all the generations, the plan that God has had, now it is my job to announce here is the Messiah. Here's the Savior. Here's the Savior. He said, it, the Amplified says, then this is my pleasure and joy. 
This was his part. This was his part. You understand this? This was his part. It was his joy and his pleasure to do his part. Well, yeah, but his part was to announce Jesus. Well, what's your part? John didn't have Jesus on the inside of him. He had the spirit leading him and helping him to bring, you know, to have revelation of what was going on. But John announcing and being the forerunner and stirring the people to the Messiah, the direction of the Messiah, what do you think your part is? You think it's to make a dollar? You think it's just to raise your children? You think it's just to stay at home and make dinners and, uh, you know, put on a happy face? No, your job continues with what John, he was the forerunner. We have preceded and come after Jesus. We're still called to announce the Savior. Nothing has changed and nothing will bring you greater joy and pleasure than to announce your Savior. You announce him with your words. You announce him with your actions. You announce him by what you receive from heaven. You announce him by what you walk in, who you fellowship with, the atmosphere in your home. Look at verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must grow more prominent I must grow less so. He who comes from above heaven is far above all others. He who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. He who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. It is to what he has actually seen and heard that he bears testimony. And yet no one accepts his testimony. No one receives his evidence is true. Whoever receives his testimony has set his seal of approval to this. God is true. Meaning whoever receives Jesus as their savior, the day you got born again, you were saying God is true. God is true. The scripture says in every man, every man's a liar. Everything that comes from man's mouth. Everything that is spoken to you against, opposing, contrary to what the word of God says. That means whatever your body says, whatever your finances say, whatever your family says, whatever the market says, whatever outside sources say. Remember what it says? He is the only source. When the day you got born again, you say, God is my source and God is no lie. He's no lie. He is the truth. I believe in Jesus as my savior. God is true. This is my testimony. Verse 34, since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, proclaims God's own message. God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. For the the father loves the son and has given and trusted, committed everything into his hand. 
in the ver first part of verse 36, and he who believes in, has faith and clings to, relies on the Son, has now possesses eternal life. This is the connection I really want to make is your own life. We've been talking about eternal life. We've been talking about God as your source. But tonight, I want to focus on not just God's plan, but what God has given you that no man has given you, that you can't take for yourself. You have to be mindful. And what is, is what I'm doing right now, have I taken that for myself or did God give this to me? Amen. He said a man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing. He can take unto himself nothing except as it has been get granted to him from heaven. Now, in Christ, we were all made equal. So whether you're the pastor or the one greeting at the door, in Christ, we were all made equal. But what God has given the greeter, the usher, the server, uh, the, the television worker, and what God has given the pastor are two different things. What God has granted and given unto you, I can't take for myself, nor can you take for yourself what God has given to me. But notice this, the true joy and true pleasure comes from taking of what God has appointed unto you and doing something with it. Doing what you were called to do in the body of Christ. And the measure, when it talks about Christ's measure was limitless, it was boundless. Now we are the body. So we partake of a piece of that boundless spirit. Each of us have to step into our place in, that play, uh, in the spirit, in, our, in his body, in order for his plan and his purpose and his spirit to be manifest on this earth. So today we have to ask ourselves, what have we taken unto ourselves and what has been given to us by God? Because what the people were coming to John and complaining and really, I, I say complaining, bringing attention to is the same thing the devil's going to try to do in your life. The devil is going to try to do the same thing for you. Wait a second. Look at this over here. Look at what you could have over here. Look at how much easier this would be over here. And he's going to give you an option. He's going to try to bring competition. He's going to try to, he'll either try to make you feel above or he'll try to make you feel beneath. He's going to either take you into pride, which is above you. You sing yourself above really who you are in Christ. Humility sees somebody who's humble, sees themselves in Christ, not below and not above. Pride sees himself above. And uh, really the, the a bad self image sees themselves below, somebody who has a bad self-image, somebody who is only looking at themselves, sees themselves below. They don't recognize, and you've got two types of people. You either are those who bend towards seeing themselves lesser than, not enough, not qualified. 
They see their failures, they see their faults, and you have those who have the bend to think of themselves more highly than they ought, is what the scripture says. And they think that their faith is beyond what it is. They think that what they're called to do is beyond what they're really, where they're really supposed to be. And they're very prideful and they don't recognize everything that has been granted unto you, just like John, the forerunner, it comes from God. I don't care if you sweep the foyer. I don't care if you sing on the platform. I don't care if you preach in the pulpit. If you take care of the roses, it doesn't really matter. It's all been given to you by God. If you see a task given to you by God beneath you, you have failed. You have failed. Because at this point, more people were going to Jesus to be baptized. And so it would have looked like that John's role on this earth was diminishing when really everything John had been sent here to do was coming to pass. The anointing was increasing. He must increase that I might decrease. When you take your place in the body of Christ, no matter how big or how small, Christ is always increasing. His uh, his glory is always increasing. His, the attention on Christ is always in the center at the forefront. Amen? Christ is preached when we take our place in the body. Christ is preached when we serve in his body. Amen? He must increase that I, and I must decrease. You know, before I, I ever step in the pulpit, it, it, it's so humbling, so humbling to be able to preach the word of God. Much, I mean, even more so in this pulpit. Humbling, you know, because for so, and you know, for, for many years, the devil, uh, you know, the, I always felt so inferior to, to, to stepping into this pulpit. You know, this is Pastor Nancy's, this is Dr. The people who have preached here, my goodness, you know, I'm too young, I'm too this, I'm too short, I'm too, you know. <laughs> there's so many things you're, there's always so many twos, to this, to that, to, you know, this is too hard. You know, this is uh, too far beneath me. This is whatever you can come up with. It's all thoughts from the enemy. It's all, it's all man's thoughts or the devil's thoughts that come to you about, you know, why you shouldn't or why you couldn't or why you could do something else. But for years, you know, the difficulties of that. And then, you know, then you notice the signs of, you know, I, I recognize, you know, the signs of when you, you gain some skill in something and then you go, okay, you know, okay, I got this. And then you, you go, no, I don't got this. <laughs> Unless it be given from heaven. I cannot take anything unto myself. What are you doing today in the body? It's been given to you by heaven. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. If you ever diminish any serving, any amount of serving, any amount of giving, any amount of uh, acting um, in line with God's word in the body of Christ, you're reducing Jesus himself. Because see, if Jesus was, you understand, the spirit was on him without measure. You have a part of that measure. That's no light thing. Amen. Now, 
If we look here where it says in verse 29, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the groomsman who stands by and listens to him rejoices greatly and heartily on account of the bridegroom's voice. Then uh, this then is my pleasure and joy, and it is now complete. True joy will no longer any will no longer ever be found in anything of your own will. Once you get born again, true joy and true pleasure can never ever again be found. I'm talking about true joy and true pleasure. See, true joy and true pleasure is from eternal life and lasts for eternity. Man's joy and man's pleasure last but for a moment. It's like caffeine. It brings you up and then it drops you back lower than you were before. You know, God in God's kingdom, there's only increase from glory to glory. There's only ever, there should only ever be a steady rise of increase in your life. And you know something, I'm not just talking about the natural. You know what it can look like? There's times it can look like things have decreased in the natural, but really in the spirit you're increasing. You're growing, you're developing. Before you can move on to that next level of increase, God is increasing in you before he can increase outside you. Because your insides have to be able to maintain the increase that comes around you. That's where people miss it. They measure whether or not they're succeeding or failing by what's around them. I measure my, at the end of the year, I truly look at my life and measure my success based on what did we accomplish spiritually in this church? My, I'm talking about my personal success. I look at the Bible school. I look at the congregation. I look at the ministry and I measure my personal success based on where did we go this year? Where did we go? What got accomplished? What, uh, how were the meetings that we had? What revelation was given to us by God this year? What was God teaching us this year? Amen? Don't measure the natural as to whether or not you're increasing in Christ. Don't you ever do that. Because if you're increasing on the inside, the outside's going to show up. It will eventually catch up. Too many people are trying to make on their own. They're trying to take unto themselves increase so that it looks like in the natural they've got more than what they really have. Don't ever let the natural lie about your spiritual progress because you'll lose it. If you try to take unto yourself something that God didn't author, you'll lose it. And God didn't take it away. You just, your insides weren't big enough to maintain it. True joy will no longer ever be found in anything of your own will. That's why within a marriage, true satisfaction comes from submission and not getting solely what you want. Married couples, true joy comes when you're submitted to one another. True joy comes, to, comes from when you're serving one another. There's only temporary satisfaction when you get your way in an argument, when you get your way in a fight. See... God was only ever satisfied when he gave. He was only completely satisfied when he gave. Once he gave, 
his son. What did Jesus say? It is finished. It's finished. God's, he received full satisfaction from his son paying the price. Giving will only ever bring you true pleasure and satisfaction. Serving will only ever bring you true joy, true satisfaction, true pleasure. But taking unto yourself is only temporary. It's only temporary. It won't last. I was telling the Bible school students this. Expressions of love will bring feelings, but feelings will never generate expressions of love. You don't feel like you love somebody, but you make an expression of love towards them. Your feelings will catch up. You cannot serve and give to somebody and not have a heart change. Because serving and giving is authored by God. God meets, his anointing meets you. His, his presence meets you. But when you're trying to go off of feelings, see that I told them the feeling will come and about the time you want to, you feel real good and you're going to go do something nice, they're going to say something. And if it's based off feelings, you ain't going to act any, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to happen that way. The devil will make sure because he can, he can dictate circumstances to control your feelings. See, serving in a local church is not based on a feeling. It's an expression of love for your Savior and for those that you're divinely connected to. So you don't feel like it, but you're going to express it anyway. And when you do, God's pleasure, his joy will meet you in that serving. And it's, it's, it's eternal. It lasts. It's everlasting. Amen? Amen. Decisions. I want to talk about this for a moment. This statement, he said, a man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing. He can take nothing unto himself except as it has been granted to him from heaven. A man must be content to receive the gift which is given him from heaven. There is no other source. Decisions and leadings are not the same thing. Decisions and leadings are not the same thing. Many people are deciding things for their life and calling it a leading. Just because you made a decision doesn't mean it's a leading. This next part rhymes. You can decide or you can be led. One is of the heart and one is of the head. You can decide or you can be led. One is of the heart and one is of the head. If you... I got to make decision. I got to make this decision. I got to make this decision. You got to change that mindset because what's going to happen is you're going to make a decision and take something under yourself that God didn't author, that your head authored, your emotions authored, your feelings authored. You're going to act in a way that came from up here instead of down here. You're going to act in line with your mind instead of your heart. We're talking about here, a man can receive nothing. Well, how do you receive from God? Jesus came that we might have life, and the Holy Ghost came that we might be led. 
Jesus came that we might have life. So you received of that life. You, you made him your savior. You're alive unto God. You're born again. You're a child of God. You're one with God. But then Jesus said, I got to go because the other one's coming. And really, he can do a lot more. This, this person that's coming can do a lot more than my physical body here can do. Because the Holy Ghost, that's, that being is everywhere. That person can be everywhere. Amen. And so Jesus came that we might have life. The Holy Ghost came that we might be led in that eternal life. That's why I said one is of the heart, one is of the head. I want to be led by the Holy Ghost that comes from my heart. Make sure that where you're at today, you did not take unto yourself because of a decision that came out of your head. Remember pastor talked to us, what was it, a couple weeks ago, and she said, you can think on a thought for so long that you deceive your heart into thinking it's a leading. You really, truly think it's a leading. You know, people have come, they've come to me, they've come to Pastor Nancy, they've come to my husband, and when they say, you know, I have in my heart to do this, that's when we know, stop right there, you know, and it'll sound, it may sound like we agree. It may sound like we are agreeing with you. But as soon as you say this is what's on my heart to do, I will not say another word. Because how could I accuse your heart of being wrong? I'm never going to accuse your heart of being wrong. So you better make sure when you come in the pastor's office, is it a decision or a leading? Because if you say your decisions of the heart, I won't talk you out of that decision. This just in, nine times out of ten, we can tell if it's a decision or a leading. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is my helper the same way he's your helper. Oh. We're talking about not taking anything unto ourselves that heaven didn't author for us. I don't want to take on... I got enough going on. You know what I mean? I got enough just, just, with, just with being married. Just with having a spouse. I got enough going on. I don't mean that negative. You know what I'm saying? I got enough going on with doing my part in my marriage and being the helpmate that I'm supposed to be that I am not looking to take anything that heaven did not author. You know, him is enough for heaven to author for me to keep me busy for the rest of my life. You know what I'm talking about? You know, my part in our marriage. Then on top of that, you reproduce three, four, you know, four little rats and we call them, you know, they, you just always hear him that this age, you just always scurrying around the house. I'm like, I don't remember scurrying around my house the way my three kids scurry around my house. You know, maybe because we got tile. I don't know. I think that's got something to do with it. You know, you just hear it. They're like everywhere. <laughs> but I got enough with that. Why would I want to take? But at the same time, why would I also want 
to let go of what heaven authored. I want to make sure I'm doing everything heaven authored for me. I want heaven in my home, heaven in my marriage, heaven when I serve, heaven when I walk out these doors, heaven when I'm at the gas station. I want heaven on earth. If I'm going to have heaven on earth, I got to receive and take unto myself everything that's been granted to me by heaven. Does that make sense? I got to know what is mine. What is mine in Christ? What is mine? What am I to be doing serving? What am I to be doing in my marriage in obedience? How, what am I to be doing with my children? I need to know what has heaven given me instruction on. And if it's not from heaven, I'm not taking it unto myself. Jesus came that we might have life. The Holy Ghost came that we might be led. Don't ever diminish anything that the Holy Spirit is leading you into. Don't ever diminish anything that you are doing in the body of Christ. The children of Israel made a decision, a natural assessment of what they wanted. They wanted relief. They didn't want a fight of faith. They didn't want to do faith. So you know what they decided? We'll stay in the desert because we don't want to do faith. This is what we want. We're happy here. Uh, Those giants are too big. We've made our decision. We've made our decision. And Joshua waited for 45 years to, instead of act on a decision, he was ready to act on a leading. He waited and waited so that he could finally act on a leading. His leading was, that's your land, now go and get it. And what do we see? He consults God before he ever goes in. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night that you may do. This is his leading. And then when he does that, we see all at the beginning of Joshua, he was in prayer, he was in time with God, and when he came to the first fight of faith, all God said do, just walk and then shout. How easy was that? Do you see that a, one decision led to 45 years of hardship, battles, fights, death, difficulty, discouragement, And with one person being led by a leading, victory within days. Victory after victory after victory. Do you see how detrimental it is that you not be led by decisions based off natural assessment, but that you be led by the leadings of the Spirit? So important. You will face, if you you say this is my decision and you think it's a leading, I'm just saying, whatever you got on the table right now, you better go back and say, did heaven grant this unto me? Whatever heaven has granted unto you, you will be led by the spirit into that. That's what I, that's what, this is where we're, we're, we're coming to. You will be led. The whole, the Jesus came that you might have life. The Holy Ghost came that you might be led. If the Holy Spirit didn't lead you into it, if you made a decision based off of the fact that you meditate on something that you wanted for so long, it made sense. You came up with a plan. You know, even oh, the, all the money could have been there at the beginning. But you know what? It really boiled down to you made a decision, called it a leading. And now it's like the children of Israel. You're having difficulty after difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. I will say this. In the leading 
moving into our home. Since that time, things have not been easy on the flesh. But in the spirit, they've been a joy. You know, every time things weren't a joy, it's because I was in my head. I was in my head. That's when it wasn't a joy. And I was weighing decisions of things I could do in the natural to try to relieve this pressure instead of following the spirit who led me into that situation. Been there. Been there. And when you get out of your head, get out of decision-making mode and get back into your heart, which means worshiping God, meditating therein day and night that you may as observe to do all according to what he has told us, it became easy again. You know, there was a flow to it. Why? Because the spirit led us there. It was never, we've never really, I can honestly say for my husband and I, we've never really faced hardship. It's been pressure on the natural, but there's no been no hardship. Month after month, the bills get paid. Month after month, we are taken care of. And every month, the devil comes and says the same thing. What about this month? <laughs> you know what? When I look back at the last however many months, that's funny. We have no delinquents. We have, we've been on the line. We've been on, we've been on the line. We've been right up to the, the grace period. But you know what? God has come through every single time. Every single time. Well, what, what happened with the children of Israel? The seventh day, the last lap, they shouted and the walls came down. It was done. So leadings aren't going to be easy on the flesh. Don't make decisions out of a leading. You stay with that leading. If you know that you know that you know, heaven granted that unto you, you stay with it. Bible school students, if you know that you know that you know God dealt with you to be in Bible school, if you make a decision and other people influence you to make a decision, you will never be satisfied and in true joy again. Never. True joy and satisfaction comes from what heaven has granted and authored unto you. So it can go either way. Either you don't obey or you take unto yourself something that you shouldn't. Either one. Either one brings dissatisfaction and difficulty. It's not safe when something is given you by God and you're not obedient to it. We see that with the one talent, the five talent, and the ten talents. Well, you know, anyone can greet. Anyone can be in TV. Anyone can do this job. Anyone. The problem is you're seeing others and yourself as an anyone when to God you're a someone. When you, start, when you see yourself in Christ, you realize I'm somebody. Yes. Not in a prideful way. I got a job to do. I am somebody in the body of Christ. And if I don't do my part, not just anybody will do. God needs this somebody to be led, to be obedient. Amen. You've been taken what you've been, you've been, you've taken what you've been given and you've laid it down. You've laid it down. You've taken what heaven granted unto you and treated it as lightly and laid it down. And every time you lay something down, heaven authored for you, the devil's going to be right there. Right there. 
to, to have you pick up something Amen. that's not from God. We aren't anyone's, we are someone's. Yes. We are somebody's. And don't you ever let the devil talk you out of and tell you that anybody can serve where you're serving. Anybody can do what you're doing. Some, somebody else can do that better. No, you're the somebody else that's anointed to do what you're doing. That's anointed to serve where you're serving. And somebody else's life is dependent on your somebody. That's why I said in our series on raising children, there is somebody, there's a somebody anointed to speak into my children's life besides me. Amen. There's a somebody. Amen. You know, and I've already seen the blessing of those somebodies in these children's classrooms. Yeah. There's many somebodies that serve every week. And whether they know it or not, I'm making a draw as a mother. I'm making a demand. And you know something? They're operating out of the anointing that's on my life, out of the pastors. So we are, you see how we are fitly joined together? I can't do without you. You can't do without me. They are operating under the vision and the anointing that's on my life as the pastor. And my children's lives, me as a mother, I need them to step into what heaven has granted unto them so that my kids can fulfill the call in their life. Amen? So somebody is dependent on you. There's somebody. When God picks someone, it's not just anyone who can fulfill it. Not, when God picks someone, I don't care if it's play the piano, work in television, work in the sound department. I mean, Sister Monica... Perez. People rarely see her. She exists. She, she's a real person. You know, she, she works for her dad. They've got a, 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 a big business that, that is a, such a blessing. And she works for him and down in, in Escondido area. And she drives here and she comes. And you know what she does that nobody ever sees? She comes back into the green room before every service, and if we're wearing black, she just rolls out, that's what she does. And then she goes back up there, nobody ever sees the somebody that takes care and makes sure we look nice, makes sure all these men that serve on this TV crew behave themselves, <laughs> are doing their job, aren't sassing off, you know, She's a somebody that really nobody ever sees. But that somebody, because she's taken her place, this is going all over the world. All over the world. You understand, don't ever measure the importance of you as a somebody and your, what heaven has granted unto you. Do not ever measure. Do not ever take your one talent, your five talents, your 20 talents and compare it. I can't take whatever talents I have and measure it above or beneath. I can't compare. God is asking, what are you doing with yours? What are you doing with your talents? What are you doing with, heaven is, what, with what heaven has granted unto you? Is it your business with serving in the church, as a parent, as a, as a spouse? You understand, you marry the one God has for you, 
or you're in a marriage, God has expectations. Heaven has expectations and has instructions for you in that marriage. I better take unto myself those instructions and I better be the somebody that my husband needs me to be. Because I ain't letting anybody come in and fulfill that role. You know what I'm talking about? Ain't ain't nobody. That ain't just anybody's job. That's my job. So, deception says you're an anybody. The Holy Ghost says you're a somebody. See, you're a somebody at a price, a very high price. The highest price that has ever been paid for anything was your life. Jesus' blood was the ultimate price. Nothing was more expensive than your soul, than your life. Nothing cost God more. Nothing cost God more than to believe that you would receive Jesus as your Savior. He put everything on the line with faith that people would receive him as their father, would receive him as their father. He put everything out there. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So no matter what you're doing, no matter, no matter what, where you serve, where you're at in life right now, no matter what stage, no matter what season, no matter how young, how old, heaven is granting unto us very specific instructions because God isn't vague. He's very specific. Where does he want you? What does he want you doing? Who does he want you reaching? Where does he want you serving? How does he want you treating the people around you? Heaven, see right here is where we start with what heaven has granted unto us. This is where we start. But the specific leadings for our lives, not the decisions to be made, the leadings to take. I need to take, I need to follow the leadings and not make decisions. Let's, let's switch our mindset. I need to follow leadings, not make decisions. Takes all the pressure off of you and puts it all on the Holy Ghost. You're free from making decisions. You're so free from making decisions. Yeah, you're free to be led. You're free. So that's how we cast our care. That's really the essence of casting your care. You know what? I got to make a decision about that. I just need to hear from God. Devil, you know what? I'm tired of hearing that voice right now. So I'm going to answer you with the fact that Heaven has granted unto me divine leadings, and I say I'm going to receive, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, I'm going to get in the Spirit and get those divine leadings that heaven has granted unto me because I'm done making decisions. Decisions lead to worry, that's all it is. Every decision that you think you have to make leads to worry. Every leading that you receive from God leads to joy. Every decision that you think you have to make and that you take leads to worry. But every leading leads to joy. Every leading from God. It doesn't bring comfort. I didn't say it brings comfort to the body and to the mind. But it brings joy. Because you know when you lay down at night, I didn't make that decision. I didn't take unto myself something. I didn't let go of something. I'm right where heaven has authored for me to be. Amen? Amen. Well, are you helped? We want to be led, not go with our head. 
If you're tired of worrying about making decisions that you got to make, go with a leading. Get back into your spirit. Get back before Joshua could be led into the promised land. He had to get back to the scripture. He had to get back to the word. That's what he had to do first. First, renew your mind. Meditate day and night. So that's step number one. Then step number two, pray in the spirit. Go to the word, renew your mind, get in the scripture, and then pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't pray from a worried place. I got to make a decision. I got to make a decision. Just pray and worship God. Go back to the one who authored your salvation. Abide when the scripture says in John 15, abide in me and I in you. He's talking. See, if he has to tell us abide in me and abide in you, that means there's believers who aren't abiding. Right? That's not talking to unbelievers. Because he said there's folks who aren't doing that. Abide in me and I in you. He's the vine. We're the branch. We are one. Don't cut yourself off and go try to attach yourself somewhere else. Just go back to the vine. Just if it's as simple as, thank you, Jesus, for where you brought me. Thank you, Jesus, for where I'm going. Thank you, Jesus, you're my salvation. Thank you, Jesus, you're my healer. Thank you, Jesus. Worshiping him in spirit and in truth. It's so much easier to receive a leading that way than trying to, I got to get a leading, got to get a leading, got to get a leading. You know what I told somebody recently? They were, they said, I don't know if I got to, if this is a leading or this is leading. I don't know if I'm saying I said, how much time do you have? Well, I got about a couple months. Okay, then this is what I'm going to tell you. Stop thinking about it for a whole month. We're done talking about it. We're done thinking about it for an entire month. We're not even going to address it. If this isn't pressing, don't even address it. Get your mind off of it. And then after a month, we'll go back and we'll get back into the spirit because you've been in your head so long. We'll get back into the spirit. And you'll shut your mind down, and it'll be so much easier to hear without your mind interfering. Amen? We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.